This is printed and pressed. I'm Chris. Whoa, I'm and I'm well. Did the screen <laughs> go out of order? Did the screen go like, oh, my screen went blank for a second there. Whoa, that was weird. Well, we just also Did it happen to you guys or no? Going next. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, my screen went completely gray. Now, now you guys are back. Okay, we're good. Right. <laughs> that was so strange. Okay, so today we are covering a book. This is actually taking the place of. Remind, yeah, I don't want to restart my computer in the middle of a podcast. Thank you, Windows. That is exactly what I needed to see. Okay. Uh, we're covering a um, book in between two series. So the next series we're doing mm -hmm. is a sci-fi series. So this is a nice transition to do an indie writer who does sci-fi in between. What's the next one uh, we're doing? Our series that we're doing. Is it Dune is next? And then Dune is next. Sorry about that. My other browser started playing my own voice and it was freaking me out. Oh. Okay. Chris is having technical difficulties like an amateur right. today. Uh, can you guys hear me? No time time to like do on my end. What? You okay, Chris? Yeah, some you seem to be screwing up on your end, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is screwing up on my end, yeah. Okay. You sound Are we good now? I think we're good now. Okay. Yes. I'm going to exit fine. out of other tabs I have open. One second. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Yeah. Have some random moaning. That wouldn't be okay. good. That'd be hard to explain. <laughs> no, no. I, I could not figure out what was going on. Maybe it's Kindle. Something is dragging my internet down. Like, oh, it's this stupid Apple software update. I'm sorry, guys. My apologies. Let's see if that fixes things. Okay. We're All right. Anyways, like we said, we're doing, <laughs> now that I've ruined the opener to this podcast, Real professional. Uh, we have not been doing this for four years. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the uh, footstep echo duology by J.D. Sanderson. All right. So we picked we we put out a um, a poll on uh, Twitter and we asked for indie writers to submit their works. And lo and behold, J.D. Sanderson found us and messaged us. And no, he didn't give us free copies. So there's that. But so our, our reviews are unbiased, uh, completely, completely unbiased. unbiased. Yep, exactly. That's important, I think. Um, but he is an indie writer, and he's got a lot of books, and he's working on a new book that he's releasing, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this word, so give me a break on this, but it's like S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y, Syzygy. Is that the right, how you pronounce that? I'm not sure. I have to see it. So definitely go check that out um, if you like what you see here. Anyways, let's get into this review. So... Let's start with a recap of the story. There's time travel here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, does anybody want to jump in first, or should I take a shot at it and you guys correct mm -hmm. me? There's a... Okay, actually, no. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, you go. <laughs> you, you go first. So the the intro... So the first book... Let's let's break this down. The first book has a completely different just, story than the second book. Should, should we just describe the premise of it first? And... There's a lot of time traveling involved. I mean, yeah. okay, okay. Let's start off with the first book. Who's the Who's the character you're following through? Following mostly like, Bernard in the first Bernard, book. An and old what man. Time, like where is he at in time? 2017. And he's so an old guy, older. like 70s. He's an old widow, and uh, what would you call somebody who lost their dog? <laughs> Whatever. He he's, he a his, he's a grieving old man, but he's still he still has got it. He's you know lonely. Attractive. He has, he's not dementia ridden, that's for sure. You got to that um, age where you're a catch for every lady that's also that <laughs> age because most of the men have died already. <laughs> oh uh, that's that so is weird. one way to interpret it. Hey man, if you're if you're still kicking it when you're into the uh you know, nursing home age, you're very popular. Bernard just had man. some serious swagger working in that library. Yeah. Apparently. So long story short, Bernard works in a library with his friend. Oh, what was her Ruth. name again? Ruth. That's right. Ruth. And I'm sorry. I'm reading too many books at once. But Ruth is a good <laughs> friend of his. Kind of got him the job at the library. Knows that he used to do filing by hand and recognizes that he has a lack of uh, and technical lives down savvy. the hallway from he him, which is important. Work at and a lives newspaper. down the hallway, yeah. right? And he did everything physically without a computer with his indexing and whatnot. Yeah, and so he's probably what I would consider somebody who has OCD because he's very particular about how he does things and he refuses to learn his cell phone. So there's that, 
often. You know, it's yes. not very uncommon. What I will say is Me too, whenever right? whenever we get into like sci-fi, the main character is not usually some 70-year-old dude. So that yeah, was that a was nice a unique twist. Yeah, it was a unique opening because you don't often see like the old guy protagonist. It's not very common. Uh and so basically Bernard is just kind of like your run-of-the-mill old widow guy, doesn't really like view women as trying to date them or anything like that. He lives in New York, so like very yeah. busy area. He's a relatable person that, he, that is easy for you to get into the world through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not super like he's not crazy weird. So it's like Again, you can relate to say, obviously, we're not 70, but we can relate to the situation that he's in. We can understand the struggle that he's having. So it's an easy right. introduction before the craziness that Chris is about to explain. Yes. So shortly into the book, uh, probably within the first 40 pages, maybe 20 pages, um, he runs into this girl who actually runs into him. really, And she's not very polite, nor does she say anything to him. At least that's the view you get from Bernard, because he doesn't know what's going on. Damn and, punk kids. Pretty mm-hmm. much. And essentially he runs into her again on the footstep of his or doorstep of his apartment. He's an apartment complex. Um, And she goes up there and like, she's getting hassled by these guys that Bernard earlier said, thank God they've never hassled me because I don't know what I would do. Well, he sees her getting beaten up by these people, or at least look like she's going to get beat up by these people. And he steps in against his better judgment to help her, even though he felt that she was rude earlier Mm -hmm. and thereby breaking up this would be fight between these punks on the doorstep. And then Mm -hmm. discovers that his newly found friend uh, doesn't have a home, doesn't have a place to go. And she's kind of mysterious. (laughs) That's one way of putting it. (laughs) Then shortly after that flash of white, she, he finds out that, Oh, she can do crazy stuff like disappear and go other places. And then, Oh, she's a time traveler. That's mm. what she does. Well, he befriends this girl. They travel through time. They see different things. Finds out there's something chasing her. Doesn't know what it is. Everything's kind of leading to this point where what's going on? We don't know. Nobody really seems to understand what's going on, especially not Bernard. Yeah. And so he keeps like hiding these experiences from his friends and, and was really is just Ruth. Mm-hmm. And then eventually... <laughs> And then eventually, Ruth, you know, she, she, she takes him. Out. She t- no, she yeah. takes him to the time frame where he lost his dog, and he knows that it's the time where he lost his dog. Yeah. And, and he goes, I know. Lie. Stop! I know where my dog's gonna be. This was like stupidly emotional for me. <laughs> it's like I would be so happy to find my dog. <laughs> no, but okay, but will. He steals his own dog. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. I know. He's, he's I know. his dog. I know. I understood, <laughs> I understood the the what happened there, and it is kind of funny. It's hilarious so, because he just he knows exactly where his dog was. Somehow. Because he's the one that took it. No, but I'm just saying he knew exactly yeah. where the dog ran to, and he's like, I couldn't find him. It's like that's because you literally just. This is you took the dog. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually so funny story. Full full disclosure, I I messaged the author of this book and I said, hey, I loved how you wrote the dog in as he stole it himself, and he literally messaged me back, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that's what I did with the story. Something like, let me let me read it word for word. I don't want to paraphrase and get it wrong, but when I told him that, he was like, what? Hold on, find it. I mean, that find- is one of the so this part of one is time travel is very hard so you have to think of those kind of weird loopholes like that but also yeah. it's kind of like the magic of storytelling because no matter what book you're reading the the reader will find things that the author never intended yeah i mean yeah, we do this with, a great example of this is harry potter how many lore videos are there for harry potter and take your rowlings is like basically yeah that's what i meant <laughs> i mean jk rowling's great at that yeah. she's just like screw yeah. it I'll expand it however you guys want. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, it. yeah, he wrote hysterical because I didn't even think of it like this when I wrote it. That's what he said <laughs> when I asked him about him stealing his own dog. So, anyways, uh, that was that was something that I thought was and immediately I messaged Andrew. I was like, he stole his own dog. And Dude, I like, told, oh my god, I told you that before though. That you like, oh my gosh, I just realized he stole his own dog. Like, <laughs> like, How did like that, that take you so long, Chris? That was literally my favorite part. No, because I was just at that part when I messaged you that. Oh, then I was ahead of you for. A yeah, while. you were ahead That's of me second. for a short period of time. Okay, but but that was my favorite part of the whole book because it's so hilarious and so like touching and emotional at the same time you stole your own dog bernard i will say um 
how much of a loophole would it have been if he had like taken his wife in the same way? I guess well, it we don't know how body. his wife died, dude. She got hit by a bus or something, didn't she? Or the car wreck or something? Right. Right, but if he had taken her, then she just wouldn't would have just. But right. then again, she would have been younger than he would have been. Younger, hey, some people wouldn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel I'm like it probably would have been. It wouldn't have taken much to explain what what why you're doing that. What um, what the you're only doing. problem will is that it wouldn't have gone well with other people. Fair, yeah, because like if gone. he saved her. You never know what would have happened. The only way you could have done it is you would have had to have had her say, "Hey." everybody i'm going on a trip for some reason a mission trip and i have to go alone and then she shows up later in time and everyone's like oh you didn't age at all and huh, so yeah. strange so strange because she can't impact anything after she died right she'd have to show up in the future she would have to exactly yeah because yeah. like if you want to play the time loop game if you go anywhere but the present when you come back <clears throat> You know, you're you're affecting with the butterfly effect, right? Yeah. But I also look at it from another direction, like the the idea of the time travel. Think about it this way: he kind of proves that the time, the changes he made weren't changes because he stole his own dog. Thereby, he lost his dog earlier, which mm-hmm. literally restores the timeline. It's the yeah, it's the normal yeah. time travel paradox. It's like exactly. everything's already happened. So I mean, what he did is what happened. It doesn't matter how many butterfly effects you have because all of those dimensions or different timelines all happen at the same time anyway. So Kinda, you, yeah, you when would you never know. You would never know if you actually made a legit change unless you somehow yeah. make, went back to a different. Totally well, different something timeline. interesting he could have explored and you know piggybacked off of one of the most famous time travel books is the Time Machine, where he goes back specifically to save his wife and realizes mm-hmm. that he can't get past that Nexus event. To, to borrow a Disney term. I don't remember what yeah. the hell they referred to it there, but basically every time he saves his wife, she just dies another way. So it's like, right. it's impossible for him to get past that point. That feels like, what? what's that famous kind of B sci-fi uh, with final destination? That kind of feels like that. I mean, like, no matter how many things you yeah, avoid. I mean, yeah, the, borrowing the idea from that, from that story. Yeah. Yep, I never thought of it that way, but you are right. Um. Anyways, but as far as the story goes so after he steals his own dog he goes back to the future and oh good he's got his dog right awesome so the mm-hmm. dog's his companion for the rest of the, the rest of the books at this point um and then that's when reagan he meets like his reagan's counterparts like there's um uh caleb and the, um, the redhead girl that he's been interacting with we find out her name eventually oh it's reagan it's yeah it's just reagan. to clarify for the reader her name has been omitted because it's she was a mystery girl she was unable to speak up until a certain point and then there's Kay and Caleb he meets both of these characters that are counterparts to Reagan but he doesn't really know how or why or how they all fit together um but through Caleb who gives him a bunch of backstory on Reagan it sounds like Reagan is Caleb's friend and then Mm -hmm. Kay who sounds kind of sinister the way she speaks also claims to be Reagan's friend Mm -hmm. and eventually we hit this nexus point climax whatever you want to call it in the story where Reagan gets her memory back. Boom. She realizes she's part of some terrorist organization trying to burn down the future mm-hmm. and <laughs> goes with much. goes with K. Yeah, Eco terrorists. Okay. That's right. Eco terrorists. Goes with K to go and uh, essentially re- restore her position in the terrorist organization in the future and continue to wreak havoc on modern society at the time of what is it, 21 or 2301, I think is correct. Um, and then Bernard gets taken to the future where Caleb explains to him all of the things that happened in 300 years since he, you know, existed, mm-hmm. essentially. And, and he's like, oh, my gosh, they solved everything. Because, of course, that's how futuristic stories are told. But <laughs> Well, in the, in the future, so they had, like, climate crisis of sorts. Well, it wasn't it a polar reversal? Yeah, it was a polar reversal. Yeah. So they had the, which I liked that. Uh, because that is an actual thing that could happen. I mean, it's a legit thing that's overdue, and mm-hmm. we have absolutely no idea how it will actually impact the Earth. But right. unlike uh, whatever your thoughts are on climate change and all of that, uh, a whole reversal is a known thing that has happened. Like, and it would be devastating. <laughs> yeah. So um, that led to a ridiculous technology boom where they've solved almost all the problems you could ever think of, right? Uh, that future but humans are still upset with each other. <laughs> well, well, no, almost not only, really. Not really. 
it's a very libertarian future government where the way they describe it mm-hmm. um because there's a lot more local decentra- uh, decentralization and stuff but it's like a shared vision that they all have yeah and but but the one thing that that the modern society was not willing to tolerate was people going and doing their own thing on the land away from the modern yeah. lifestyle yeah and that's how you end up with what's he called the mossbacks mm-hmm. yeah mossbacks they're just a radical environmentalist group that's saying they destroyed the planet or something and well to be fair like <laughs> and th- this is where the story in my mind kind of is weird because they asked for this one request to go live off the land and the government was too scared to grant them that so they end up becoming terrorists because they don't like that the government's telling them what to do it's kind of anti-libertarian to me yeah i'm surprised they didn't separate reserves like um, right give them a specific amount of land world yeah well i mean yeah like brave new world would. yeah it was weird it was weird because of how they did the the government itself was overall pretty libertarian in the sense of like it was very spread out it wasn't the centralized government you had it where they all kind of collaborated with just like shared ideas though mm-hmm. it was like a uniculture i guess you right. would say um but a lot of like the, the government wasn't all in one location it no. was just spread out and places kind of did their own thing mm-hmm. but they just they also shared exactly the same opinion on almost everything it's <laughs> kind of a weird Way of yeah, well, they, they, he kind of explained it as like basically every need was met. So at that yeah. point, like, why would you fight? And then mm-hmm. the Mossbacks found a reason. So, <laughs> right. Which, when you look at it, wasn't really a good one because there's no like, I, I failed to see how they destroyed the environment. I think that's the one thing that was never explained in this. It was too mechanized for them, maybe. It doesn't, I mean, maybe. And also, it doesn't. They don't there have to necessarily no be right or have like an actual reason. Is they believe that they have a reason, which is you know the foundation for most extremist groups. Right. Yeah, it's it's an odd group. They also wanted to protect other planets from human colonization. So yeah, which also that kind of cracked me up because there's no life on other planets. <laughs> So yeah. you're not destroying anything. <laughs> I wish. I wish the <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I wish the Mossbacks had been like the uh, Mormon church in The Expanse because mm-hmm. their whole thing, uh, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, the TV series, The Expanse, which is based on the books, um, the Mormons basically make it giant, like spend tons of money for like a giant spaceship that they're going to take to colonize <laughs> other worlds. So okay. <laughs> they're like, they're leaving behind the tainted earth to go somewhere else to be, <laughs> their paradise is kind of funny oh yeah and then on top of all that after we find out that reagan is kind of leader of this eco terrorist group at least one of the cells of yeah, the one of four. four one of four they have a tetrarchy amongst this you know group yeah. of eco terrorists anyways long story short one like overarching leader which will be important at the end mm-hmm. right um long story short though essentially what occurs after that is they lead a series of events, you know, causing terror amongst the modern society. And then they're like, we need Bernard for some reason to go find Reagan because they think that he might be able to get through to her or find her or whatever. And so Caleb and his group, including uh, Tal and there's a couple other characters. I, I don't remember all their names to be honest with you, but uh, Caleb and Tal and um, the the team. Donner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They all pick up, bernard bring him to the future and then of course he gets captured by reagan and her team they they needed him because he just spent time with her when she was just willy-nilly jumping around Mm -hmm. giving away locations and habits that were just natural to her without her having the mindset of i have to conceal my behaviors right that's true that's that's the whole reason they're trying to find any hints of when she was on the run in a panicked memory deprived state where she might be and then they all get really close to him and that's when reagan decides she's going to capture him to lure them in for guilt of having drug him into this whole issue right right so that's that's where this book basically 
ends the first one, right? With her mm-hmm. using him as a trap for the rest of the team. And then yes. there's a major conflict between, we forgot to mention the sti- uh, stimulants. So K mm-hmm. is a simulant, not stimulants. I mean, sim- yeah, simulants. Not <laughs> we're, not, stimulants. we're not drinking some Hey, man, they're doing it. caffeine. Hey, Tal does do drugs in this. Yes, she does. <laughs> and what's funny is that tripped me up, too. I was like, why are you drinking, like, these, like, mechanical pills? Oh, it's a stimulant. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the best part is you find out through when Reagan – is taken by K or leaves with K. Caliv has shot K, and you find mm-hmm. out that K is part machine because mm-hmm. she bleeds like blue or something. Yeah, blue goo. And Basically, you see, and you see some other stuff going yeah. on. But yeah, she anyways, crawls around the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. So this interwoven story is you find out that the simulants are on the eco-terrorist side because humans have essentially rejected them. Not all of them. Not all of them, but but they they feel rejected by society because they were created and then abandoned, essentially. Yeah. In fairness, they also made themselves different. They did, yeah. Which you find out in book two. Right, like they changed their eye colors to all be the same. Yeah, anyway, there's a whole big deal. secret language. Right. And then going forward, you find out all kind of like the intricacies of the modern world in which then you find out that the, that Kay and some of the other simulants are mad because Reagan is giving special treatment to captured Bernard mm-hmm. and giving him all kinds of things that are like creature comforts and keeping him kind of pampered and allowed to do pet. whatever he wants. He's an yeah. old man. He had a heart attack and stuff. Come she on. treats him like a pet. Yes. She treats yeah. him like a, lo- a loved pet at, the t- at this time. Which Bernard realizes, like, this is an unhealthy relationship. She's never going to let him return to his newfound love interest, Ruth, um, which he has stoked. Bernard has serious pool. Yeah. Yeah. Going back, just because you're you're bringing up the simulants and the the simulant's upset with this relationship, uh, there's a scene where the simulant picks him up by his jaw. I have to ask about the mechanics of that. (laughs) And how that wouldn't just rip his jaw off, or at the very least, attach it. Like, yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty hard to do. I'm not sure what the. Exact... I think it's just grabbing him right at the neck under the jaw. That's what I'm guessing too. But basically, what I think happens here is Reagan shoots the simulant, gets mad for the preferential treatment for Bernard, who's mm-hmm. not behaving himself. And that's when the simulants decide they're going to betray her. And they take matters into their own hands yeah. and steal Bernard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, then there's the whole conflict of rescuing him and then reagan goes to work with her old team to get bernard back she cares more about him than her eco-terrorist organization which says a lot about her commitment to the eco-terrorist yeah, she organization. Is, she's a really she she's a really bad commitment to all of the team she's on let's be honest here <laughs> um, like you don't know if she's gonna be on your team on monday after she joined the team friday like yeah it, it could change over a weekend you never know so, reagan i mean they all go to rescue him well, they managed to, but one of the good guys dies. I mean, I assume he dies. He's teleported away, yeah. and they don't really know what happens to him. They never tell us what happens to him. He gets so teleported to, you know, the Jurassic era. And he gets yeah, wherever back. it is, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's basically the end of that first book. Well, you know, the end of the book is Bernard goes back to his own timeline after he's saved. Well, yeah. Reagan's on the run because she escaped She's captivity. She's now sabotaging and the boss bags. Once you find out, um, the end of the book is is Caleb getting promoted because they find out the leader of their science organization is actually working for the boss bags. Yeah, and, and he's like the head of all the cells. And Reagan dismantles the organization altogether, basically. Pretty much, yeah, by doing what yeah. she did. And then, you know, just for the record, spoilers, but. <laughs> We get into book two, and for you two, book two is kind of where a lot of this stuff falls apart. Yeah. I want to talk about the main antagonist in book two, and I feel like something was off about how he was written. Because going through the book, he's like the bad guy, right? And then you find Mm -hmm. out his backstory, Mm -hmm. and the only time I really... Like, he's a bad guy, don't get me wrong. He's definitely an anti-hero at the beginning, at the very least. But going through his backstory like he seems like he's avenging his wife and and uh his sister i think if i remember correctly it's one of his family members was affected by this and if it's stuck with the avenging story like really is he the bad guy here 
but then it I mean, goes into but then it goes into him just like literally killing people and then it goes into like well he was obsessed with his wife i feel like the backstory of him was kind of written into it later on when he realized like oh this guy is not really a bad guy let's make him a real bad guy <laughs> that, that's kind of how i after viewed he, it after he got feedback from his beta readers that's what happened like it, it seems like because his, his past isn't revealed until way later in the story it's yeah i don't know I mean, otherwise he's just some mad serial killer killing people i'm conflicted on him because he's ridiculously good at everything and i wish yeah, he yes. had a little bit more of a badass background his background is not does not but isn't he just basically a martian or yeah, whatever planet his, his background does not explain his how he got all these insanely super righteous anger yeah I mean, I, he he definitely became obsessed with avenging his wife and sister to the point where he lost all, you know, semblance of self and only I, cared about vengeance. And the second book, by the way, is called The Clocks Now. I um, had one problem, though, with with Reagan in like book. Well, with how book two starts, she kind of has a redemption thing with everybody, but she's never punished. <laughs> so like I low-key have a massive issue with redemption without punishment. I mean, um, technically she's punished until she isn't. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. And 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 her, her real punishment is she doesn't get to raise her own child. So like that's a pretty big deal. But that's at the end. Everyone's already like, I don't know. She didn't really she got away with a lot until that. She did I'm get saying. away with a lot, but she never gets like here. Okay, let's get through the book, the second story. So the second story opens up with brutal murder by some yeah. guy. Nobody knows why, but they know that he's going after ex Mossback, you know, new life starters, people that left the Mossback organization at a young like they were part of it young. They never forgive, the, never forget. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. That's so this guy's motto essentially is he's just killing everybody. The best part is halfway through the story, you realize that the guy doesn't have a time travel device. And so everything that happened prior to that in the book was because was he after, gets the time yeah. travel device later in the book. So it's like, oh, my gosh, like if they wouldn't have let him get that time travel device, none of that happens. But then again, mm -hmm. same thing with earlier. If something happens in the timeline, it was meant to happen. And it happens no matter you whether you try to change it or not. Right, except for at the end when he does change time, but there's that's. A I, th story. I think that's that's one of those things that makes me not really usually read these types of books about time travel, just because they get so messy. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to keep them succinct and not create paradoxes. But the opening of this second book is essentially uh, Reagan and the team, the friends, all are visiting with Bernard. He's now with Ruth. I don't remember if they're married or just together. No, they're just together. And Maverick's living. So they're all living together. So Ruth and Bernard are together and Maverick. And they're all living in the apartment together. And the group keeps coming back to visit. They maintain their friendship. And then all hell breaks loose with all these murders. Well, early on in this book, Reagan uh, takes Bernard to go to... Um, Mars, basically. That's right. Yeah, she shows him what what it looks like and whatnot. Yeah. And then she gets captured because they are looking for her. Yep. And then, um, based because off of, because of something is broken and they couldn't jump back. Yeah. And then based off of the fact that this guy is hunting her for his vengeance, right? And then is attacking people she cares about to do what she did to him is what his justification is mm -hmm. to take away everyone that cares about you. Typical or that she one. cares about, yeah. So it he is going for the kill. He attacks them when she's at Bernard's place, and he causes Bernard to his heart to fail, basically, just by the shock of everything. Mm -hmm. So Bernard dies in this book very early. Spoiler. Yes, about I would say about thirty percent in. He was on borrowed time. He had a heart attack in the first book too. He had multiple heart attacks that were fixed sort of in the future but he was kind of told like hey if you don't fix your lifestyle in the past you're still going to die yeah so i mean this book is reagan basically getting captured a lot it's like two times she gets captured um but she knows that you know the, the best part about this whole story is we have this entire this extremely high-tech organization and somehow this one dude just 
<laughs> just, just demolishes just, just wrecks well the in whole fairness place. he has these weapons that they're not used to fighting against because it's like people are disarmed theory right that's in true general kind of like um, um demolition man like nobody has weapons yeah since it's a, such a peaceful society no one finds the need for weapons yeah, so right it, you're all sitting ducks for that one that does get it um there was there was one line in here that I actually liked because uh, they he introduces another um, character who's a, a shrink, basically. I did like the shrink a lot. Who's, he was a good uh, character. Who's brought in to analyze Reagan and support the findings, basically, for her trial and everything. That was this like Wall. It was like Wall something, wasn't it? Wall. Well, sorry, like a W.A. I don't remember. I don't know. It was it was it was it was a W name. So um one, a good line that I liked in here though was where they were like perhaps uh perhaps the biggest casualty of our growth as a people oops, was uh losing the ability to relate to those who still suffer or long for something else than what we deem important. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Weldon. His name was Weldon. So it's like it's one of those things where they made every the gen, uh, generic general populace is so comfortable and devoid of what it is to suffer or want something. But if someone wants something that's different, they can't relate at all mm-hmm. and then view it as a threat. It's kind of it's an interesting take. We also have the pseudo bicentennial man who's totally OK with, you know, expiring as he's helping these people just in case they actually can help him go back to the past and meet his master it was like this yeah you have that uh they have the what what was his name again i forget he was like the og simulant yeah the old the original simulant and he can or something like that no but um yeah it was something like that he number he was originally number three yeah and it's interesting how he do- talks about the simulants in this, about how they take Calum. Uh, it was Calum. Calum, yeah. How they took over their own manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Which is I mentioned thought, in the first book. Yeah. And I think that's a really good backstory slash touch on these uh, AI robots, just because you could totally see even the AI that we're trying to develop right now as a people to they're already making it where it can code, right? So it's a matter of time before it starts coding itself and then it's its own coding language and people don't know how to do anything with it. So that's, that's I mean, that's a good take for the for the way they go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was, that was actually probably the, the best side story in this story. Cause there's a lot, I feel like this one has more side stories than the first one did. Yeah, I mean, it. He has a lot in here. In the second one, he does a lot where people are kind of the struggles people still have in the world, despite all of the utopian aspects. So I feel like in order to do this this story justice, he needed more in it. A little bit, but like, okay, for example, Adelaide, uh, you find out in this one that she couldn't conceive. Right. And yet she also chose not to modify herself, even though the technology existed. Mm-hmm. Because so there was a little bit of an anti-transhumanist message in here, which I thought was kind of interesting. For given the record, the fact, I, I agree with that notion. No, yeah, I agree. With <laughs> I just saw it. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, given the fact that you got all these simulants and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I guess yeah. I would I would have expected way more um of like the body modification things but like like the cyberpunk style yeah and even one of the characters in here refuses to get the robotic eye they just grow they clone his eye and uh give him the trans i forget if that was that was that donner cat no donner died the first one the other guy yeah but this Um, is also a society post a weird simulant crisis almost so true true it could be a reaction to that whereas before people were really more embracing it that's that's fair that's fair yeah there just seemed in this in this story there seemed to be like an anti-transhumanist message which i thought was interesting 
which is yeah, unusual for most futuristic yeah. stories. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that is um, you don't really expect it. So that was a nice change of pace in the sci-fi genre, I think. Yeah, and actually this, uh, I think, dovetails nicely into the book that we're covering next is Dune. Dune also has a, um, you know, body modification. They don't like doing it. And that when do you think we're covering Dune? Three weeks from now. Did you change something? That no, I'm it's not of? three weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. What's it's, the next It's like book? a month. It's over. No, no, no. The next sci-fi book is the, is the C.S. Lewis trilogy. Yeah. That's the next That's series book. <laughs> not looking at the calendar recently. no he has not been apparently <laughs> oh man i got excited that dune was coming up we were i mean dude about... i i mean if you want to rearrange your books it's totally fine we, we should focus on this though sorry go ahead <laughs> i wouldn't have but, but I, I do think it'd be interesting we i do think it would be interesting to compare thoughts in different sci-fi books about how the future will be that'd be an interesting podcast episode Anyways, uh, moving See, on from that, though. I just, I, well, it's not moving on from that yet, Chris. Oh, go ahead. I think, I think with sci-fi, it's it's an interesting take, usually. The the reason this stands out as, as the so much to me, I think, is that often enough in sci-fi, the author will always just be like, what is possible? Not mm-hmm. should it be, it, like, not the should we do it type of thing. So I never really see that. Should we do it? Get talked about as much as it probably should be. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, most authors just say, "Yep, this is here." Yeah, it's like future. it's possible. We're pushing every boundary as far as we can because that's just what we do in the future. There's like, there's never this like, "Hey, now, <laughs> what could go wrong with this aspect?" I know they tend to love dystopian mm-hmm. and totalitarian things, but you know, go ahead. I was just gonna say it, it's a nice switch up to see technology viewed maybe a little bit responsibly because there's always that pushback on technology, and I feel like a lot of sci-fi admits that there is that pushback in the timeline. So, yeah. One of the things that I thought was extremely interesting about this is they perfect time travel, and then the group in charge of the science group says, "Yeah." let's not continue on with this. Let's do this other project now. And I'm like, that is totally how these science organizations operate. It's like, yeah, we've done this, but we don't really see how we're going to make money doing it, nor do we think it's a good idea. So let's do the next thing. And I'm like, that is. <laughs> they would make money on the transportation of goods, I would say, with the teleportation. It would, but how do you, how do, you do it? <laughs> what do you mean? Like you're gonna go back to the past and steal crates of tea? No, no, no. Tea no. Tea you, don't, you don't do it as a time travel. You do it literally by like milliseconds between locations. Oh. Yeah, that's a good point. That that is a good point, actually. Yeah, and strap like strap the device to like a, I don't know, like a pallet, <laughs> a giant yeah. pallet, and transport goods that way. Hey, it'd make executions much easier. Strap it onto inmate number six seventy nine. Boom. T-Rex is going to eat you. Yep. What? <laughs> hey, Chris, that could ruin everything by uh, importing bacteria. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send them so far into the future. I don't know what but you do. <laughs> in, in the second book, if we're moving on still, um, we find out that Reagan has a daughter. Who decided That's towards the to, end, yeah. Who decided to go back in time and not give any craps about the... Uh, Changing the timeline. Yeah, changing the timeline or anything. So she just does it. And yep. it's... Um... So here, here's something that I, I was thinking about as I got to the end, though. So Reagan does wind up captured initially, and then she escapes, right? I mean, she's captured multiple times. And yeah. So, that's, so here, here's what I'm thinking is that Maybe Reagan wasn't actually captured and they just said she was so that they could have the props for having her in there. Because who's going to go in and check on this maximum I mean, in security fairness, prisoner in isolation? Yeah, that's the context you need to add, Chris, is they want to put her in solitary confinement. For the rest of her life. Yeah. So to, to <clears throat> say that, like, who's to say that that future was actually altered? Maybe she wasn't actually in that sell and they just said she was because i think the problem is he kind of writes it where it is changed 
I mean, it's possible. I'm not no, saying no, I'm saying no. I'm just I'm saying, saying there's the a way problem, this logic works. There is, but I'm telling you that I think the problem is that the author writes it where I, if I remember correctly, the ending it comes apart. It comes off as changed. I, I think you're probably right, but I think logically you could just write it off as. She's not actually in the cell. They're just saying she is so they can claim the W on this one. Yes. Because the government be is underhanded. When um, you look no, at yes. the way Secretary mm -hmm. Jara and all that operate, like yes. clearly <laughs> there's some politics going on here. Yes. Uh, I was. I would, I would say that if you wanted to revise the book, Chris, <laughs> you're not wrong. Or if you wrote a book three, you could easily summarize like the timeline wasn't actually changed. The whole time Reagan had been watching her daughter grow up in Tal's house, didn't say anything because Tal was such a good mother, blah, 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 blah. Boom, third book started. Yeah, I mean, it's all yeah. possible. You don't necessarily have to revise the second book. You just have to explain away the ending mm -hmm. in a way that makes sense. All I, right. wish, I wish the time travel had a little bit more explicit rules to it, though. Yeah, that's, fair enough. That, that's the one thing where I can't really... Uh, strap down what the rules are. Another thing is, you know, I, I realize it doesn't isn't always. No, it always is when you are in a time travel story. They establish which timeline, like which point in time, is the the quote unquote real point in time. Mm. So, like, if it's Bernard's point in time, then him traveling to the future has no impact. And right, not his life. No, um, but like, so he, like him changing the future isn't a problem. So. You know, changing the past again, it gets messy because, like, who is someone changing the past, or are you changing your future? And, like, that was always going to happen that way, mm -hmm. right? Right, because you're not like, are you actually changing anything? Yeah, mm -hmm. right. But also, if you saying. do change something, like, is are you actually are you having a, like a consequence that's negative, or is just like you're just choosing, oh, I'm just going right today instead of left today? Like, oh, you went back to the past, and now everybody has baited. Beta tapes instead of VHS tapes. Like, whoops, I messed up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, Beta Max. That's right. This, is, this is the reason why I don't um, typically read time travel. Yeah, that's why I typically don't read those types of uh, books. Yeah, it's, it's it is a very hard thing because again, uh, I think Andrew and I were talking about this before. You really have to have a Bible that mm -hmm. goes, and you have to like lay out all the rules before you start, and then make sure you don't violate those rules as you're going through it's it is a very difficult thing i mean even like multi-million dollar corporations can't get it correct most of the time like disney right well, now i mean completely ruining their time travel stories there are mm -hmm. so many time traveling stories like for example uh back to the future this was written like a long time ago right mm -hmm. there are still people today like decades later finding plot holes in back to the future the whole movie plot there are new ones, <laughs> new plot holes in an old, old, Dude, old story. It's, it's fine. It's fine in a movie. Like that's the, like when it's a fun movie like that. It's fine. I understand. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, there are still people breaking down that story, looking for plot holes from 30. Yeah, plus I years just want to point out the problem is that there's people literally analyzing Back to the Future. For people want I, Back I just, to the Future 4, but they won't admit it. I, I just, I, yeah, no, they don't want to admit it. That was the most hated video we've ever talked about. <laughs> and oh, Andrew was part of it before yeah. he was part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we I, got so much hate for that. Dude, we got a ton of hate, and it was, it would, it's still the perfect thing to bring back. Is back <laughs> to and it's, if we ever re-review one of our old videos, that's the one. Yeah, it would be fun. Um, no, like, so, go ahead. Oh, you can you can get. Is that. there any more plot points we want to highlight before we get into reviewing the book itself? Uh, plot points. It's it's just the time, like the like we said, the rules of the time travel. It's it it brings the question right of every every single conflict in this you wonder why the conflict is happening at that specific point yes. in time. So like, yeah. I know Will's big thing was like, so why didn't they just go stop the explosion? Um, right. Right. At the, at the laboratory. It's like, yeah, that's a valid question. Yeah. Well, the so, thing is, so he, he probably had his own, like the rules he laid out in his head, but mm -hmm. as it's written, there's too many instances where as a reader, you, you know, have this question and then it's not satisfied later. Right. So like there's also so there's a rule, right, where they don't go back in time 
where they can be seen by too many people or whatever doing that and then influencing the timeline, mm-hmm. which they don't seem to have a problem interacting with Bernard and Ruth. Right. And, and over and over and over again. Is that, yeah. um, and I, I brought this up. With well, maybe books. they already knew that Bernard had had that because, well, because maybe it was in some files. I mean, no, it's because Reagan just broke it. So it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> so it matter at that at that point. Point. It, the seal's already been broken with those two. That's And true. they're old, so it doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. um, when it comes to a lot of the conflict, I was like, you know, she was there at this point in time. Right. Yes, yeah, true. Why can't you guys just. I don't know. Grab her immediately. Yeah, so it's like if he had a rule where like, I don't know, that device disrupted the time around it, it would have made more sense. But the problem is then you wouldn't have been able to have them all jumping back to meet at specific times. Yes. It's it's just, that's where it gets messy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, like the whole idea that you have this device that like will slow her down and not let her jump. You just, you just keep going back to that point till you catch her. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean and that's where it gets weird. So. Yeah. So again, um, to your point, that would have been a like a simple rule to introduce. Like you could you couldn't jump back to the same point that that same device had been at. That actually mm-hmm. been like I mean that would have solved basically everything that I like all the problems I had with it. Except for the fact that then he wouldn't have been able to use the meeting places over and over again. They could have done the meeting places, but just have them hit that point like 20 minutes apart or something. So there could That's have been fair. like amount of time that like they would have to wait for each other. But it's right, really, right. Yeah. No, that would that would have gone a long way. Um, and then also have it where like their headquarters science lab was able to dispel that distortion. So they could all jump back to the laboratory, laboratory at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I liked else. how we had the rule about them not being able to jump into the future. Yep. That was nice. Oh, there was one more thing that they did that I thought was cool was when they all jumped at the same time at a different time of day in the same day to have their meeting. So like oh, one yeah. person might jump at like 10 a.m. and they're all going from the bathroom. Like <laughs> they kind of crack me up. They're like all going to the bathroom at different times of day, but mm-hmm. all jumping from the bathroom to mm-hmm. all meet at the same place. Like at the same time that that's cool. Like imagine that Caleb he knows at 10 a.m. what the plan is. And then, like, Tal finds out at 6 p.m. So he knows for six hours before she finds out. I don't know. It's kind of. And, and what happens know. if he tells them the plan? <laughs> you know? I know. I'm just like, oh my. Time Anyways. travel paradox. They, well, they, they would have had to have had to discuss that. It was like, we can't tell each other what happens. Well, they weren't right. working with each other all day. So it right. made they sense. were working separately. Yeah. So they the, couldn't have done that. The um, only other thing, which. I give a pass because it's an indie author. It doesn't get the same scrutiny. There's a lot of, uh, there's a decent number of typos in mm-hmm. the book. Yeah, um, I mean, there, there are definitely, but the thing is, is like with the Kindle version, I think he can probably clean that up if he wanted to. He could because in the Kindle version, it's primarily theirs, those, and theys. Uh, well, I think you can this. submit edits to, and I don't know enough about it because I haven't submitted my own book yet. Um, but my friend Eric has, and I think you can submit no. revisions when required. Yeah, I'm just saying that the 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 only problem with uh, that was like the theirs and does and that type of stuff. Yeah, right? just to be thorough though, Will has the physical versions. We I made do. sure one of us did. Yeah, so I have the physical version, and unfortunately, I think like the translation for maybe the Kindle version into this really screwed up the I don't know formatting, and there's a quite a few instances where you have like a double tab or a random paragraph break in the middle of a sentence. Mm-hmm. And although like it obviously doesn't ruin the story, it definitely throws me through me off when I was going through reading it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you show the physical books? Will just, for fun. I don't think you can see it with you the can. camera. Well, yeah. Yeah. Turn it off. It's the same cover as um, what you had up. So it's essentially the same idea. The only difference is, do you have like the back page that says like the summary of the book? I don't know if it has that. Let me double check. On the Kindle version, it might not. Is that what it says on the back? No. So I have like a back cover, actually. Right. And the back cover is just a summary of the book and then like a um, blurb from another author. Oh. Yeah, no, there's none of that on here. Yeah, yeah. nope. 
So that, yeah, I think that's probably the only differences is those things. Um, but yeah, other than like some of the typos and like the obvious like translational issue, um, I thought it was fine. So, <clears throat> I mean, you're, you're basically you're saying is like you're giving a pass to things that if this were a traditional publisher with a you know publishing house, like, oh yeah, yeah, that would be insane, man. Yeah, if you had published this to Penguin, then I would have been like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and just for the record, too, that book one's uh, typos are a lot less egregious than book two, and I didn't, I never really thought of myself as a grammar Nazi and stuff like that, but when it comes to book two, it did, it did kind of wear on me a little <laughs> just a little fair enough i i think it's always regardless of the um the level of publishing effort or money thrown behind something i think it's always good to give the real critique rather than to give a pass all the time so i didn't notice as many typos in the first one like andrew said but i will say on the second one there seemed to be less editing involved mm -hmm. i think overall the the what finally got got me to like the second one was the two story arcs that kind of come to a head at the end with the with Callan meeting his maker, having that nice little situation come to a nice ending. But then you also have the bittersweet ending with Reagan having to give up her daughter to tell, which is basically her consequence for everything she did in the first book. That's the final consequence is she doesn't get to raise her own daughter. And uh, it was kind of a bittersweet but understandable ending. Yeah, I like the ending in the first book, too. You didn't bring up the fact that uh, the leader was actually part of the scientist organization. The whole time. Yeah, I did. We talked about that. He, he did? Yeah. He that's how Reagan gets out of the... That's how Caleb gets promoted, doesn't get accused yeah. of all his issues. Wow, I clearly zoned out. I was like, <laughs> I wanted to remind you to bring that up for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> It was an inside job. That's why yeah. this team was okay, uh, so he, assigned to nonsense for the whole time. And they had right, to because they, he guys. wanted to throw them off the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was good. That's good. Okay, sorry. There was also that whole situation where they used that <laughs> whatever technology to make everything just disappear. Remember that? Like the space station what? just like goes away from like whatever they did. And they had to like reboot the entire project and they, they killed like a massive amount. You know, talking about the eco terrorists actually, what they actually did that led to the death of like hundreds of people. Oh, um, how did they? I forget how they did it, but they were using the technology to cause like micro tears on. Like they yeah. were using the, the system to just like do like a crap ton of jumps around the structural design of it. Because it does a little bit of damage all yep. the time. Yeah, so I'm, honestly, that whole that. I I don't see how you could forgive Reagan for doing that. Period. He can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, so as a, as a I understand why the government's not going to just let her have a pass because once she's committed, I'm glad that he didn't just give her the pass because mm -hmm. it does lead to that bittersweet ending where she gives up her daughter. But also, like, you can't forgive somebody who does that. Like, it just yeah. you can't. You but they do technically just kind saying. of kind, just I mean, saying they the, technically the team, do her old team does but i, I imagine society does not <laughs> yeah but i'm saying i can't i don't think i could be like her team and forget that either though yeah i mean yeah you get a main you get a main perspective bias where you start to forgive the main character i did and then and then i'm like no no you don't forgive that like because you can't forgive that anyway uh um, so the first book we all do we all agree that the first book was better than the second book yeah 100 yep okay although i do i did like callan a lot he was a good character um do we want to do our ratings I let's think, do our ratings yeah do we want to do it as separate part per part or well overall? i think i think we do separate and then overall because the story is continuous so like rate each book and then rate the books together so we'll give three numbers okay. i guess do you want to go first or yeah, go ahead, Chris? I'll give book one a four. Okay. That's where I'll give it. I'll give it a four out of five. Because we do ring not a four out of ten. Four out of five. Because <laughs> we don't do out of tens. Uh, except whatever the weird system is on book clubs that makes us do tens. But four out of five yeah. for the first book. And then for the second book, 
I'm torn between like a three or three and a half. Hmm. I'll give the second one a three and a half. I'll give it a four. I'll give them both fours, but the first book's better because I know you guys are going to tank my rating at least. Oh my God, you, <laughs> I can't believe you're doing this. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, three for the first one, two for the second. Overall, it's a it's a three. Oh, I didn't give the overall, but it would be a four, I guess. For me, overall, it's a three. The second one just adds some extra like plot holes. <laughs> that I don't like. I just I feel like the first one was more re- like the time travel aspect of the first book is significantly better done, even though there's the question of like why haven't you tra- traveled to here or there type of thing at like this specific time versus the time you chose. Mm-hmm. But in number two, it starts to feel like it's conflict. There's like a little bit of a uh yeah, it, it's not set in stone what the rules are, and um, I think that's... the ending where he's like basically says like whatever we change time kind of promotes not doing another book in this series. Like if he wanted to continue on with this series and Reagan was captured, he could have at least used that as a reason to continue. Yeah, the I mean, that, I think that plot hole, for example, the right there where the she. Bringing the future daughter in is what I, I didn't really like. Um, but that that's why it's a two, then yeah. That like that might be the main main reason I said that. So All right, well, you will. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna give the exact same scores as Andrew. Um, I really enjoy the premise and I think he has good characters and he has a good sense of what you wanted to do with the characters. I just there's the plot holes that we mentioned, the grammar mistakes. So like another couple of read-throughs, and this would have been a four, uh, if not a five yeah. for me. Um, I, I, I really for the enjoyed first book, the, the second book, or both. Both. First. Well, yeah, I guess for the first one, yeah, and then the second one again, just going through and cleaning up some of the the grammar mistakes, cleaning up some of those plot holes, and like actually thinking through, okay, well, these are the laws I'm applying to this universe, and I'm using this this technology, and following through on it. Um, yeah. I did like the premise. I, re- I also like the yeah. characters. I mean, that I'll I'll add into my review too. What you said, well, it's like if he cleaned it up a little bit on that first on the first book, it's easily a four. Mm-hmm. Um, he it just needed a little extra work there with the rules and everything. And book two, some of the some of those deviations, the plot holes are a little bit too big. So I question the book existing um <laughs> i just no i'm saying like no, no the way you said that i question the existence of this book okay i question the existence of book two as it is if he would put the if he put the effort in like the same like if he built the rule set and then mm-hmm. went to rewrite book two i feel like it'd be a very different book yeah it might drastically change that's true yeah so um that's the only reason I give the second book a two. I, okay. I if he went back and rewrote it with the rules set in place, it would be a very different book, and I think it would probably be more aligned with book one. So I probably I could see it being also potential to be a four, because he really does take in a unique uh, percept uh, perspective to the yeah. sci-fi genre, which I like. Like having an old guy for once, just it's random the the take where um uh like just about the people you know the comfort of like how people no longer understand what it's like to want something different yeah yeah there's a lot of good concepts and honestly i like i don't know what this next book is he's writing but i wouldn't mind seeing another book in this universe he's created maybe away from the time travel just you know Mm -hmm. talking about the the simulants or the society at large some of these colonies sound really cool. That would be having a, like a, just a story dedicated there. That'd be neat. He got into some good uh, world building in book two. Well, here, here's here's his next book. In case anybody's curious, his next book. Uh, here's the description he put on Twitter about 13 hours ago, and the pre-sale is live. I don't know what the book costs. I haven't looked it up yet. But it says in 1977, we sent out the golden record on the Voyager spacecraft. 
decades oh, later. He is following up on his own story then, because that is a plot point in the I'm sorry, go on. It might be in the same universe, but he has assured me this is not part of the same story. Um, decades later, an alien message found its way to us as the centuries pass. We'll work to answer one question. Will we find them? The, well, they're called, start with a T. It was like try. Yeah, that, that was literally. Yeah, because that, that was, was a plot point in yeah. the new, the, yes, I it's understand what you're point. saying, Will. Yeah. But let me see. I, let me see how much this one costs. But yeah, actually, when I saw that I read that for the first time, I was like, ooh, yeah, I would actually like a story about this. So I'm excited. And the book <laughs> is following the same price structure of the last two. It's only two ninety nine. So that is one thing I will give him. Despite the editing issues that we've already mentioned, um, the books are only two ninety nine. Like yeah. he's not charging you fifteen dollars. I mean, it's definitely worth the price. Yes. I'll say this: the book is enjoyable and worth the price. It, it's not like you're being robbed here. No, yeah. for, I, again, and, and I, if you have the Kindle Unlimited, it's free. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I guess the frustration with me, you know why I still was ranking a little bit lower is just because I think he has something here. Yeah. <laughs> so I want and him to put in that you act, want a little bit extra fullest. effort. And I want him to actually yeah. try to publish this like, like um, through traditional publishing. Yeah, no, I, I second that completely. Yeah. I think but. he's got a very good, oh, yeah. he's got good ideas yeah. for a sci-fi writer that you don't see in most other sci-fi mm-hmm. writer stories. The, um, the concepts he has punches of well well above the rating we've given yes. because our complaints are just with like a couple of sloppy executions. Yeah. But, and um, I think these are some of his older books too, because he's got another book called around the dark dial, which is a bunch of, um, I think horror stories, sci-fi related horror stories. The, the other thing I would like to say too, is that this is the type of story, like after having read it, that I could easily see someone like the sci-fi channel Picking up uh, as like a B sci-fi. The, yeah, picking up the rights to make like a low budget TV series out of because it's perfect for that. Like it doesn't have any massive special effects that are going to be needed. Mm-hmm. So it's great content for a TV series with an interesting premise. Or even just a low budget movie. I feel like it's better as a TV series. but yeah. It probably would work better as a TV series if you want to expand it. If you just want to do what's there. I think it works better as a movie. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I say TV series is because you have a lot of moving pieces in a lot of different locations, and trying to jam pack that into a movie. Maybe a mini series. Maybe I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying there's too many different scenes of different characters in different locations. Like mm-hmm. that lends itself far better to a TV series than a movie. Yeah. I still think B sci-fi movie works better because then you don't have to uh, expand the story that's already there. I feel like if you do a TV series, producers are going to have to add stuff. Not if you combine the books. Well, if you combine the books, sure. You could do one season. Yeah. All right. Anything else y'all want to say? Uh, nothing for me. Yeah, I think we covered covered it. Beat these books pretty good. <laughs> I do appreciate J.D. Sanderson hopping yes. out there and throwing us a bone saying, hey, check out my book. So shout out to you um and i am yeah. gonna pull up his book real quick so that we can show off his new one real quick yeah it's terrifying having other people read your books so the fact that he reached out to complete strangers to have them read it that's pretty amazing and again premise you already like are okay with people reading your books like you're you're right there man <laughs> mm-hmm. it's good it yeah. is good yeah here's his next book uh oops. after the syzygy it's 2.99 just like the last one you can pre-order it right now. Coming out on December 11th. So if you're looking for last-minute Christmas gifts for <laughs> people who like sci-fi, there you go. Didn't he have another book, too, that is he already does. out? He okay. Yeah. His other... I'll, I'll just pull it up. He's got Around the Dark Dial, um, Remnants, which I did not take a chance looking at that yet. Uh, volume 1, and then... Re- I'll have to figure out what this Remnants thing is. Um, but... Around the Dark Dial, Footstep Echo, and then I don't know what this... Oh, this is a paperback? I don't know what that is. Not enough about it. Uh, oh, wow. $36 for whatever for this is. For a hardcover, man. Oh, hardcover. Hard cover. Okay. Okay. The, the thing to remember with this guy is his books are very, very affordable. And yes. There's... I mean, Kindle Unlimited will let you read most of his books already. So... Yep. 
Most you of them are available. You don't literally lose anything by reading these. <laughs> but support indie authors. If you're going to get it yeah. and you don't have Kindle Unlimited, don't try and find this on the dark web. Make sure you spend two ninety two ninety nine. Pack a bubble gum. All right. With inflation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. I'm Andrew. I'm Will. Oh, and what's our next book? I forgot. Um, the next book is A World Lit Only by Fire, The Medieval Mind, and the Renaissance by William Manchester. What jerk of this podcast picked that book? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> as always, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Bye, Take guys. Care. Yeah, bye, guys.